Loretta Ross is an expert on women's issues, racism, and human rights, also the founder of the Reproductive Justice Theory. Great to have you, Loretta. And the reason I stumbled across you is because of a New York Times editorial piece you did last year titled, quote, I'm a black feminist and I think call-out culture is toxic. Do you still have that opinion? Oh, I'm writing an entire book about the subject, but not about the call-out culture per se, but what we should do about it, because I think we should call people in. As a matter of fact, a call-in is just a call-out done with love, so that you hold people accountable for what you might perceive as their transgression, but you don't try to cancel them from the culture, or from the society, or whatever you think you're pushing them out of. Right. And I think social media has made it very easy, you know, to amass a huge kind of fast uh, clickbait following in it. And it can do a lot of damage very quickly. I mean, we've got people losing jobs. We've got, uh, you know, careers being finished. We've got movies being pulled. We've got statues being taken down. Um, but it doesn't, to me, um, do much more than make people very heated in the moment. But results are not really tangible. Other well, it's than tangible to the victims. Sure it is, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of performance activism, as we call it, where you can voice and attract followers through your outrage and target somebody. And before the dust even settles, you move on to the next target and the next target and the next target. Mm -hmm. It's a way of expressing outrage. Now, I'm not saying that all call-outs are wrong. I think we need to use call-outs for people who are unreachable, for people who abuse their power, for people who are not held accountable in any way, any other way, because public shame is a good weapon when people are not being accountable for their disproportionate power. But at the same time, I think we overuse it around people not knowing the latest leftist word to use, not getting a gender pronoun right, not necessarily precisely agreeing with your opinion on what defunding the police means. I mean, we use it in so many ways that I think is abusive. Yeah, I mean, the president uh, himself, President Obama, last year pointed out, you know, cancel culture and, uh, you know, you know, he, he commented on its, um, you know, that it wasn't really effective long term. And he got clapped back for even pointing that out. So there is this toxicity um, with people getting very angry, very ferocious in the moment. And, and what to me I see is this division that's created, because I think the second you clap someone down or try to destroy them, then you've stopped the conversation. And I know through, you know, your experience in reading up on some of the things you, you have survived, not just, uh, you know, incest, you, you've survived rape, you've worked with children of uh, members of the KKK to keep them out of that, that life. And I think a lot of people would say, well, how the heck could you, you do, do all that and not carry forward such anger? Um, but again, isn't a huge part of this having a conversation so that you can actually make change? Well, before you can call someone out, I think you should call yourself in and examine your motives for why you want to hold someone accountable. What are you projecting on them that may not even be theirs to hold? I find that people who experience trauma, as I have, we tend to see the world through the lens of that trauma, and we project onto others hurt that someone else caused us, and then maybe someone innocent that we're projecting on. But even if we are on target with the call out, you really need to examine, are you trying to help the person learn from their mistake or are you trying to punish them? 
And so your motivations really matter when you do a call out. Right. And what's the statute of limitation in your mind? I mean, you know, we have people getting, you know, you know, looked into, we've got cities that are being demanded name changes, being named after people and politicians from the past that were during a time of slavery. You know, there are people who either work in the media or in the public, and they might've said something 20, 30 years ago, and, and that gets called out. Is there a statute of limitation? I mean, I, I am not perfect. I'm sure I've said many things in the past that would be considered horrific by today's standards, but 30 years ago, they might not be. What What is the statute of limitation in your mind and what is a forgivable sin? Well, I'm not sure statute of limitations is the way to approach it. I think we all do things that we regret as we say we'd like to walk back. But doing that as an individual versus pulling down a statue erected to support white supremacy are different scales right. of harm. And so I'm not going to bitterly criticize people because the Civil War was 150 years ago when the injuries from white supremacy and the enslavement have not stopped. That's why we have Black Lives Matter movement. At the same time, I think context makes a big difference. If someone says something regrettable as a teenager, or even as a comedian today, Mm-hmm. I think the context in which they said it matters, as well as the impact of what they said. And that's why we have to have some power of discernment and not assume that everything we dislike or that offends us is worthy of a mass pylon call out. I think that's an abuse of our power mm-hmm. and it's a bullying tactic particularly when it's applied to individuals as opposed to systems of oppression. You are the author. You mentioned you've got this book, Calling in the Calling Out Culture, Detoxing Our Movement. What would your advice be in this moment of time? I mean, I don't know if this is a a flash moment or if it's going to result in an actual tangible change. I, I don't think we have seen the end result yet, but what would your advice be to those seeking change Well, call-outs happen on both the left and the right, so I don't think it's a partisan issue. Because I'm a human rights activist, I am, of course, mostly concerned about what's happening in the human rights movement. And I think that we are facing an awful threat of neo-fascism around the world. And if we spend our bitterest blows against each other for not doing, quote, the activism right, then that weakens us in the face of those who are trying to wipe us off the face of the earth. And that simply is just bad strategy, bad threat assessment, and a bit of immaturity, I think, on our part. And so I think the human rights movement is broad enough to include people along the political spectrum, and we can't build it or strengthen it if we're trying to narrow it down to a bunch of clones who mouth all the things they think are politically correct and punish people who don't share their opinions. And so in your mind, is this a a moment in time or is this an actual turning, um, you know, a moment of turning uh, points? I'd like to think that it's a turning point, but I'm almost 70 years old and I've seen many things that I thought were turning points in the past. And all I can do is continue to do my work for when that 
turning point actually happens. As a anti-apartheid activist, I did not expect apartheid to fall in the 1990s as it did. Mm-hmm. And I was prepared to work until the end of my life to end that unjust system. So I don't expect white supremacy that has endured since for a thousand years to suddenly be over because we're in the streets right now. I think this is a reassessment of what we mean by democracy and who's included in it and who deserves to live. But that's all part of a process. It's not an event. It's not like the Olympics and you just get it right and it's all over. No, this is part of the painful experiment of trying to change human hearts and minds, and it doesn't happen overnight. And so I don't want people to become cynical or disappointed when the change doesn't happen as quickly as their expectations or their are they deserve. It's a long process. We're standing on the shoulders of others who fought this struggle. And all we can do is be the strongest link in that chain of freedom, but not assume that we're the entire chain. Well, Loretta, I appreciate what we call a conversation. Whether we agree, whether we disagree, right or left, uh, we had a conversation. And for that, I, I do very much appreciate your time on it. And when you get that book finished, I'll have you on again. All right. Thank you for having me on your show.